You are listening to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast aimed at delivering insights to help your family business thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and each week I'll be bringing you interviews from family businesses and their advisors from all over the world. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this week's show. Um, Before we get into the interview, um, I just wanted to give a brief summary as to what it is we're going to be talking about this week. Um, We are going to be looking at communication again. Now, we have already covered this in episode five with Ian Marsh, but it's always a subject that is so broad that I think we could we could possibly do a a mini series on communication on its own. Um, We may do that in the future. Um, but for the time being, there's another interview coming up now with Emma, who's a member of the FanBiz podcast team. Uh, is also a family business consultant and a lawyer with Mitchell Moores. And we just have a chat around the positive um, impact that good communication can have within a family and family enterprise. Um, as I say, it will complement the episode that we have recorded already rather than um, it be a contrarian view. Um, I hope you enjoy it and I'll pass you over to the interview now. Hello and welcome to this week's show. Um, Today we are going to be talking about the importance of communication um, within the family business uh, within the family in general. Uh, I'm joined again by Emma from Mitchell Moores and we're just going to spend some time running through what we mean by communication and how good and bad communication can affect the potential success of a business. Now if you consider communication, what do we mean by that? Because there's so many ways and means of communicating these days. So you've got social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, and all the various other uh, social media outlets. You've got good old telephone, um, email, face-to-face, um, Skype, all sorts of different means of, of communication. And each of those is going to impact on the family business in some way. And so we're just going to explore some of the potential um, advantages and disadvantages of uh, each of those, uh, and uh, see how we uh, see how we go with it. So, um, I guess the starting point is, in terms of communication, is uh, the face-to-face communication between people in business together, and having an understanding of each other's expectations is really important. We've covered it in a previous episode where we look at the importance of understanding why you're in business together. But the ongoing communication is just as important. Um, I think you'd agree, wouldn't you, Emma? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think with family businesses, um, there, there is, there's almost an, a private language that exists between families. Um, and it's covered in in um, the seminal paper by Valent Attributes of a Family Firm, which has a not very snappy title, but Uh is actually quite a snappy (laughs) article. And what they're saying is that family members have a a private language, um, which is mainly body language, and and actually just a a raise of the eyebrow, a slight twitch in the face, whatever it happens to be, will 
will paint a thousand words mm. to another family member, which a non-family member isn't going to pick up on. Yeah. So not only have you got all of the usual communication challenges that you have um, in your day-to-day -day dealings, you've got this private language, which is both a wonderful thing because it means you can bounce off one another and you understand it instantly that the person walks in the room what they're feeling and what they're thinking. But equally, even that can be used as a tool for... Um, for, for more negative means as mm. well. So um, there's, there's an awful lot to be thought about in terms of family business communication. So if we start with the fundamentals of face-to-face, um, -face, uh, start with, with the, the simplest form of um, communication, which is probably also one of the more complex um, areas of, of communication. In terms of family business and we often hear that conversations are happening over the dinner table and decisions about the business are happening in the home, um, not just in the workplace, because of the nature of the business. Uh, how important do you think it is to ensure that um, proper lines of communication exist within the, the family environment? It's, it's of critical importance, um, because without that, without that, the, the danger is that the communication breaks down in some way or, or is never really very good to begin with. Mm -hmm. So having the right lines of communication open is absolutely critical to um, the success of a family business. Mm -hmm. There is anything more fundamentally yeah. <laughs> important, really. Yeah. And I guess it, it comes back to um, what you're saying about the secret language as well. It's understanding when the right time is to have certain um, conversations is equally as important as having them in the first place because if there's a, I know, I imagine um, dinner time at, at, at my house, I've got two young kids, um, it's not the time to be having conversations about business because the, the kids are demanding more um, ketchup or, or mayonnaise on their dinner and uh, they're sort of screaming and shouting at each other and throwing food over the place and, and that's not the best environment to be having a conversation or an important conversation in. Uh, and I guess it's it again comes back to setting aside the right time and environment and, and um, creating a safe environment to be able to say what is really on your mind. I think that has to be right. Um, a lot has talked about in family business circles um, around governance and the importance of governance. And really, governance and communication are just two sides of the same coin. Mm. So all governance structures and inputting the right governance is doing is, is oiling the wheels of communication and right. making sure that the right people are talking, you know, we're talking to the other right people at the right time about yeah. the right things. Yeah. So th that's fundamentally what it will always come back to. And actually just whilst, so we can hold up as a sort of pinnacle of brilliant family business governance and communication, perhaps some of the larger, more well-established businesses that we know have got well-established family business governance mm -hmm. um, in place and that it's working. So the, the classic example is Clark Shoes. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that they've, they've, got, they've got a family council, it's fairly sophisticated, um, they have you know, all of the things you would expect, family charter, um, regular meetings for family assemblies, etc. Um, but if you're a startup family business, that's hugely disproportionate. So mm -hmm. You're not about to just go out and spend 
whatever it costs to, to, to put in place that sort of structure. It would be, it's hugely disproportionate. Mm. But actually, you want to make sure that you're setting the ground rules and the, the right communication habits um, for the future so that governance doesn't come as some huge shock or yeah. that you don't get it so horribly wrong that there's a massive issue. Mm. And actually just making sure that you're doing the fundamentals right from the very beginning and then building on that as the build, as the business the family business um, progresses um, will, will stand you in, in good stead for the future. So I suppose the question really is what can we learn from those families that have been there and done it and got every governance and communication t-shirt going mm -hmm. and how do we apply that to the startup family businesses or the younger family businesses that perhaps don't have the time or the money um, to dedicate to that at this stage. Agreed. Um, and I think it's really easy in the startup phase. Obviously, everything's very exciting, probably a bit scary. Uh, there's lots of different priorities um, flying around, none least than, than making some money to make the business a success. So, trying to um, say to, to a business in that stage that you need to spend X amount of pounds and X amount of hours away from that business. Um, putting in this massive framework um, is not going to be an appealing um, proposition to them. Uh, but, but there will be a, a starting point to, to begin with that will help them along that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think no, no business ever failed because they had slightly too, too much governance in place at the one time. So it was probably always better to err on the side of um, trying hard or mm -hmm. doing a bit more in terms of oiling the wheels of communication mm. um, <clears throat> and I think at, the, at its fundamental level the um, the practices can be very simple so taking it back to what you were saying earlier you choose your time for the meetings um, that you need to have and figure out who needs to be there so is this a business meeting is it an operational meeting um, if, it, if it is are we talking just directors if so, let's honour that and make sure that it's just a forum for those that are you know, running the business day to day to get together and talk about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Is it or does there exist an opportunity for wider family members to express their views? And that might be wives or husbands of, or wives in the business. Um, it might be younger, younger members and might be older members. Mm -hmm. um, uh, does that exist? And if not, how, how can you easily implement that? Mm -hmm. So is it maybe a once a year or twice a year? Everybody gets together for an update on what's happening with the business and an opportunity to ask questions. Um, and then how are the family, how do the family communicate generally and what principles and practices and habits can you get into now that mean that um, it's easier to talk about those difficult things. And, and ultimately, if, you, if you're not communicating at all, then you're going to find it very, very hard to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it, when you're talking about more complex family businesses and with, with, with the, the sorts of structures we were talking about earlier, it may be that they have a very structured programme where they, where they go on holiday together three times a year. If that's not in the current budget, because every penny is being thrown at the business, um, what can you do that's you know slightly simpler, but ha but you stick to rigidly in terms of making sure that you all meet up 
to talk about other stuff, not mm. the business. And is that is that Sunday lunch once a month? You know, is that is is, is that a picnic in the summer? What does that look like? And and how can you how, how can you make sure that happens? Mm. Um, and and they they're very very simple points, but actually they are setting the ground rules for and the, and, and the, the behaviours and the practices that will mean that as the business develops, those involved are able to um, navigate the trickier waters. Mm. And it comes down to discipline, doesn't it? Because uh, as we say, in, in startup phase, there might not be a huge number of people involved in the business. So it's very easy to um, find other things to do in time that you've set aside to talk about what's happening within the business. Um, and yet getting into those good habits will um, stand you in good stead for as and when the business expands because you just then impart that discipline on people coming into the business as well and it's just something that the business does. It communicates well irrespective of how many people there are in terms of, of running and, and being involved in the business. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. It's a it's a discipline point. Um, there will always be something more urgent, or perhaps you know, more more pressing, more fun to do. But um, and and sometimes it can seem like like the rewards are a bit distant or or, or difficult to to put your hand on. What? Mm-hmm. Why does it matter if you know distant family relations or those that perhaps seem a little bit young? Or might seem a bit old to have anything to contribute. Why does it matter that they're involved? But mm. actually, it it will matter. Some of those might be the future leaders. Yeah. You know, the, the older generation might not be involved anymore <clears throat> or in your business at all. But actually, have have an awful lot of valuable experience to mm. um, to impart. Um, so, and equally, the 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 contribution of Partners, spouses, siblings, on a you know, on a, on a daily basis. That's sort of, um, they're they're what's, what what might be called influencers. Um, their, their, their contribution is invaluable, and, and getting everybody together and understanding what the opinions are, what the word on the street is, mm. you know, will help enormously in all sorts of ways. So, because those conversations are likely to be happening. If you take the example of say mum and dad in business together and, and uh, siblings um, below that, so son, sons or daughters below that. If they're going home and talking to their spouses about issues that are happening within the family business, as you say, they are influencers. They're having mm. um, conversations around the uh, impact of um, what's going on within uh, a business. I remember an example of there were two director positions, two brothers filled them. One was called a managing director, one was called an operations director. And the wife of the operations director was saying, why are you not the managing director? You've got the skills, you've got the... And the brother wasn't fussed. It was like, well, I know my role and I'm happy with it. But it was coming under some pressure from uh, an external, if you like, source or or influence uh, as to why that wasn't why he wasn't the managing director. And that could manifest itself into something that becomes ill-feeling between the parties involved. But having a communication um, process around that, where it's articulated why well, you can't have two managing directors, for example, or it was felt one was better placed to become operations director and not managing director, alleviates those issues before they become an issue. Mm. Mm. 
Absolutely, and I think there's probably a separate exercise to be done in in terms of um, identifying who those influences are, who, who those influences are, and um, the three circle model can be really helpful for that. Mm. Um, probably something we we will have on the website at some point, but we will indeed. Um, actually, just mapping out your own three circle model. Um, for those that don't know what that is, do have a look at the website because we, we'll, we'll find a way to get <laughs> to get that to you. But um, it, it just maps who who the family members are, who, who's who, who's involved in the business, um, and who owns the business, and then charts the overlap between those various relationships. And it can be really useful in figuring out, okay, well, this person doesn't own any shares, and they 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 don't have a formal role but for one reason or another they're hugely influential and so bringing them in in some way into the the, the communication fold um will be a useful thing yeah I, I think we will we will definitely get the three circle model onto the website because it's a very useful um tool if you like for identifying people who may owners may not consider them to be certain people to be involved in the family business but by looking at the three circle model you can you can all of a sudden bring in people who um, do have an influence over the family business but have no role within it or, or ownership of it um, so it's a it is a very important tool um, to use um, going back to the lessons that um, startup businesses can learn from um, longer term established successful um, businesses are there any other common traits that you see in successful businesses that we can start to bring into a, a startup or a young business to, again, lay the foundation for future success? In, in terms of communication, yes, absolutely. So I think um, there are there are lots of examples, big and small businesses, doing communication well, and that. that you know, no family business is perfect, and I think every every family business has its um, topic or conversation. You know, area of discussion that's really difficult to boo, if you like, or mm. the elephant in the room. Every family business has that, but it's how you how you navigate it. So yes, I think the successful traits are having those conversations regularly, keeping the lines of uh, of communication open, and, and and facing the difficult conversations head on. Mm. And I guess um, having a family dynamic can work as a huge advantage because you are a family, uh, therefore you have a greater understanding of um, the, the history of um, those people as individuals. Um, but also it can be a, a disadvantage in that um, I still hold a slight grudge um, over my um, sister. She, she once threw a television control at me. Um, I've never quite forgiven her for that. We're not in business together, but if we were, that might come up in some conversations around um, various things. And, and that's a small example, but those kind of issues can follow from childhood into the uh, family business environment. And so having a, an open and safe environment to communicate within is really important because you need to be able to feel safe articulating how you truly feel because otherwise it goes unsaid and can um, fester and become an issue later on particularly if there's a, a grudge being held from having a TV remote thrown at you for example. 
I think we can't underestimate how difficult these things are to talk about. Mm. Or some some of the, the the issues that family businesses will have to navigate are of fundamental um, fundamental importance to people's lives and can be really really challenging to to talk about. Um, we can talk about succession and, and handing the business over, but ultimately the, to the person that's having to do the handing over, they're having to look squarely in the face of their own mortality and what life looks like after retirement. Mm. These are really, really difficult things to do, sometimes borderline impossible things to do. Really, really, really tough. And so what may manifest as game playing or a power struggle actually at its fundamental level is it, 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 it's 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 much more than that mm. um and so you know if you're if you're looking at a, a landscape of poor communication anyway how on earth are you meant to navigate those conversations yeah um and that i think is why why it's so important to guard against um falling into the usual traps and why that discipline and those those early 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 things that you can be doing in terms of setting the ground, ground, groundwork are, are so hugely important because at some point there is going to be some very, very difficult stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that it comes back to what we were saying at outset around the importance of setting that discipline, um, doing it early and setting the right time aside to have those conversations becomes a really good habit to have um, for the success of the business and for also the success of the family. Yeah, absolutely. That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to leave us a review, please feel free to do so on iTunes. If you want to get in touch, you can find out more information at www.fambizpodcast.com. We'll see you again soon.